When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Iceberg to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from by searching Tip of the Iceberg. While the Penguins' struggles this season continued on Sunday night, and it was it was a great night for the most part up until puck drop, because once the puck was dropped, both teams looked a little lackluster. Both teams were struggling to pick up any momentum in the first period until the Penguins cashed in on the power play, and then we know how the rest of the game went. They started setting back, they started setting back, the Kings started pressing the issue, and the Penguins end up losing by a final score of 2-1. to one. The power play goes 1-5. for five. Not only that, they give up the game-winning goal with under 10 minutes to go for a shorthanded LA Kings team. Their 5-on-5 five five offense created really no offense throughout the entire game, and their defense completely hung Tristan Jari out to dry. So where do they go from here? They have a 2-4 and four record since the NHL's All-Star break a couple weeks back. They're 10 points behind the Philadelphia Flyers right now for third place in the Metropolitan Division. They do have four games in hand, which could bring them within two points of the Flyers. But when's the last time we've seen them win four straight? November. It's happened once this season. So the odds that they're able to rack off four straight or at the very least take advantage of those four games in hand, let's just say I'm not holding my breath on that one. Not only that, they're seven points back of the Detroit Red Wings for the second wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. They have two games in hand on the Red Wings, but again, same logic applies. This team doesn't stack victories together. They're two and four since the All-Star break. They don't win more than two games in a row on an often basis. And not only that, there are three other teams between them, all of which are in the NHL's Metropolitan Division. When you look at it from that standpoint, the it's bleak, right? It's very bleak looking forward into the last month and a half of the season here. And even more so when you look at what the issue is for this Penguins team. For the longest time, we always touted this team for being, hey, at the very least, They have the offense, and as we all know from watching this team over 52 games this season, they are one of the worst offensive teams in the National Hockey League. 26th in goals per game, and of course, 30th on the power play. Because of all that that I just laid out there in the opening two and a half minutes of this podcast, head coach Mike Sullivan made some drastic changes 
to the lineup at today's practice up at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. The first line and the fourth line remain the same. Raquel, Crosby, and Rust were still your first line, and the fourth line remained as is Jansen Harkins, Jeff Carter, and Colin White. The big changes came to the middle six, and as we'll get to, it came on the back end as well with the blue line. Second line was Malkin and O'Connor as it was yesterday during the game, but they're joined by Matthew Phillips, the five foot eight. I guess you could call him a speedster. He did have a little bit of foot speed yesterday in his Penguins debut, but he's a guy that has one career goal at the National Hockey League level, and now he's up with Malkin and O'Connor trying to make a name for himself, trying to find a groove and trying to help get the Penguins going in the right direction. So it's Phillips, Malkin, O'Connor. I'll have more thoughts on that in a second. The third line was overhauled as well. Riley Smith was taken off the second line, bumped down to the third line. Lars Eller remains as he has all season, the third-line center for the Penguins. And Valtteri Pustinen gets back into the action there as third-line right wing. Yessa Pugliarvi out of line rushes for the second time in the last calendar week. He has no points so far at the National Hockey League level this season, and he's coming off of two rather pedestrian performances. So I can't say I'm overly surprised that they would go with Valtteri Pustinen over him at the moment, not to mention the fact of, you know, coming off of double hip surgery. Who knows if they're going to try to give him some days off? Who knows the reasoning behind it, other than the fact that he really hasn't produced at the NHL level. And the Penguins have their backs up against the wall. They can't afford to wait any longer. They can't afford to fall behind any further. So they're just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall. It's in shambles, to be completely honest with you. That's the only way that I can think to describe the changes that we're seeing and the grasping that we're seeing from this organization to try to get anything going in a positive direction and to try to get anything going on a consistent basis for this offense. Too long has it been Sidney Crosby and whoever he's playing with. It's been Jake Gensel, who's now out three more weeks still, likely. It's been Brian Rust up and down, but better with Crosby. It's been Ricard Raquel, horrible for majority of the season, but has had a couple of good games since rejoining Crosby and obviously looked good with Crosby when coming back from injury a couple months ago. Outside of that, Malkin's been inconsistent. Hasn't had good line mates, and now you look at who he has. Matthew Phillips with one career goal. Drew O'Connor, who we all know has surpassed expectations this season, but he's not a goal scorer. He's not a guy that's going to be a surefire, will get you the easy goal, will be able to finish nine times out of ten. Nobody on this team really is outside of Crosby and Gensel, but you don't have anybody on that line with Evgeny Malkin now that is a proven goal scorer at the National Hockey League level. And here's the thing. I don't bemoan... Kyle Dubas for going out and claiming Matthew Phillips. I really don't. And honestly, I'm not going to bury the kid because he's played one game in a Penguins uniform. One game. And not that he was playing with anybody that was performing well. I mean, Yesipul Yarvi was on his line, and Yesipul Yarvi is now not even on line rushes. So I don't hold that against Matthew Phillips. But here is the thing you have to think about when looking at the lineup that Kyle Dubas and Mike Sullivan have amassed here with two months to go, and a lot of ground to make up in the Eastern Conference. A lot of their bets this year, whether it be Yesipul Yarvi, whether it be giving Redeem Zahorna another opportunity, whether it be bringing up 
Vinny Henestroza for a time, whether it be going out and getting Matthew Phillips off the waiver wire, whether it be getting Jansen Harkins off the waiver wire. Offensively, when they're making these moves, they're betting on offensive upside, on offensive potential. And that's great. And you can do that. And I would 100% love to see them continue to do that. But eventually, offensive upside needs to turn into offense or whatever you're doing is going to make you look bad. Yes, Apuljarvi, there's offensive upside there. He's not great at finishing, but he's good at doing everything else to help set up opportunities for others. He's done that at times with the Penguins. Again, only a handful of games, not even 10 games at the NHL with the Penguins so far, but he has zero points. Matthew Phillips, Offensive potential, offensive upside. He was over a point per game the last two years at the American Hockey League. Do we really think he's going to be able to be a massive contributor or even a semi-consistent contributor on the second line when he's just thrust into that role at 25 years old? When he was a healthy scratch for 15 of the Capitals' previous 16 games before they put him on waivers and before they were claimed? It's a lot of hoping. And right now, that's all they can do. I mean, they're in a corner. You can go out and try to make trades all you want, but you're backed into a corner. You have very little by way of assets to go out there and acquire anything. And I don't think it it makes sense for them to acquire anything anyway. What one piece or two piece or three pieces, which you're not going to be able to acquire three pieces, but let's say for the sake of argument they do, What pieces do you bring in that is going to drastically change the 26th ranked team in goal scoring and the 30th ranked team on the power play? You just aren't. So those were the offensive changes at 5-on-5. Now, they also shook up the power play. It won for 5 last night. They scored a goal. Sidney Crosby, absolute laser beam to beat Cam Talbot. First unit, Eric Carlson stays up there. Sidney Crosby, obviously, stays up there. Ricard Raquel and Brian Rust both stay up there, but now they're joined by Lars Eller. When I say they're throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing if it works, I would say it's desperate, but at this point, it calls for desperation. You can't say anything about Mike Sullivan not being willing to make some changes. He's been willing to make some changes. He's been a little stringent on certain areas of the game. But today, he said, we can't run anything back. Fourth line, I will never know how he continues to put Jansen Harkins in these positions, but also the look of the way the fourth line is constructed. Do you really think Yesapul Yarvi is going to fit the play style of Jeff Carter, Colin White, Jansen Harkins? Not really. Not really. He's going to be trying to lift them offensively. That's not going to do anything. So you look at the first power play unit. Carlson, Crosby, Raquel, Rust, Eller. Maybe Lars Eller becomes a nice net front presence there. Maybe he becomes a pest. Maybe I mean, he's done well in the roles they've given him. Maybe he steps up and helps this. Maybe. But again, at this point, it's do or die. Second unit, Latang, Malkin, Smith, Matthew Phillips, and Jeff Carter. Okay, it's the second unit. You finally did the one thing that I think a lot of people have been asking for. You split up Eric Carlson and Evgeny Malkin. That's one thing I'm excited to see. How does that pan out? Because a lot of people have suggested that, and that's the one thing that they haven't really done. 
or at least haven't done for an extended period or haven't done going into games all that much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So that's the forward side. That's the power play side. Before we go, obviously have to touch on the defense because, again, when I say drastic changes, these are drastic changes. P.O. Joseph has been a healthy scratch in nine of the last 23 games. And in that time, he's only played one game when John Ludwig was healthy. So, essentially, he's been your seventh defenseman for the past three months. And before that, he was in a dogfight with Ryan Shea and John Ludwig and Chad Ruedel for actually just getting a sweater on game day. And now... P.O. Joseph's on the first pairing with Chris Letang. Here's the thing. When Joseph was coming back from injury, I suggested this very thing. I said, you need to balance this defensive lineup out a little bit better. The only other option you have, because Pedersen with Letang is great, but then what do you have underneath him? Ryan Graves with Letang has not been all that great. A little bit better than Ryan Graves and Eric Carlson, but you've tried that, and that didn't work early in the season. The only other new look you could give is P.O. Joseph. Last season, those two played 176 minutes at 5-on-5 together. 49% of the shot attempts went on the ice. Goals were 50-50, 6 allowed, 6 scored. And expected goals were close to 50-50, 49% for the expected goals. So literally everything for them is 50-50. Putting them together, though, if you can get P.O. Joseph to perform at the level he did last season, which he has not been at that level this season, I think this might help you even out the defense a little bit more. It might help you get slightly better contributions from Eric Carlson, slightly better contributions from Ryan Graves. But, again, is slightly better going to be enough to turn the tide of a team that has been wildly inconsistent all year long? I don't think it is. Again, I won't bemoan Mike Sullivan for trying. He has to try, but... P.O. Joseph, Chris Letang, with the fact that P.O. Joseph hasn't even been able to crack your lineup, now there's a chance that he, going into a very important stretch, including two of the next three games against Metropolitan Division teams that are above you in the standings, interesting time to pull the trigger on this one. That leaves Marcus Pedersen with Eric Carlson, which I do believe is going to be good. Pedersen's been a great defensive defenseman. It hopefully allows Eric Carlson to be a little bit more of that offensive threat because, again, worst offensive team in the National Hockey League. Sensing a theme here? Sensing a theme here at all? So there's that. And then Ryan Graves and Chad Ruedel. 
and a lot of people are going to be mad that John Ludwig is out of the lineup, and I get it. You like his physicality. He's one of few Penguins players that actually bring it. Defensively, though, it doesn't warrant automatically putting him into the lineup spot. It doesn't put him in pen inside the lineup. So Ryan Graves, Chad Ruedel, that's the best spot for Graves, and it's unfortunate because you paid him $27 million in the offseason. But right now, it seems like that's the best spot for Ryan Graves. We talked to Jesse Marshall of The Athletic a couple weeks ago, and he said he doesn't really fit with Carlson or Letang simply because he's at his best when the puck is on his stick and he's carrying it out of the defensive zone. You're not going to do that with Carlson on the ice. You're not going to do that with Chris Letang on the ice. You are going to do it with Chad Ruedel. So maybe he's in a better position to succeed. But again, you're banking on P.O. Joseph being able to be a at least modicum of what he was last season, which we haven't seen this year. He's been in and out of the lineup. He had his health issues, which you don't hold against him. But they're gambling. They're going for it. I don't want to hear anybody saying they didn't try to change anything. These are drastic changes. Will it help? I'm skeptical. Did they at least change it? Am I happy that they at least are trying some stuff here? Yes. But, again, massive part of the schedule coming up. Not only two of the next three against the Metro. Do yourself a favor. Go to the Penguins website. Go to NHL.com. Go to wherever you need to go. Hockey reference. Look at the schedule in March. It's a lot of Metropolitan Division games. And they come very consistently. Put up or shut up time. Again, I'm skeptical on the Penguins' chances to make a comeback, make a run. I'm never going to 100% rule out Sidney Crosby as we've seen. He's still doing ridiculous things and he's still trying to put this team on his back. And now we're seeing them continue to try to help them in any way, shape, or form. A little scary to see Matthew Phillips and Drew O'Connor on your second line. A little scary to think about the fact that you're paying Riley Smith $5 million. He had his two goals in his last five games, but the performance hasn't warranted keeping him on the second line. Not a good thing. Interesting to see a Yessi Pugliarvi, who, yeah, it might be a health reason. It might be, hey, he just needs on and off some time. But sign him to a two-year contract and six games later, if he's a healthy scratch for a seventh-round pick in Valtteri Pustin, who I love, a lot of these a lot of these interesting ideas and potential offensive upside picks and selections and acquisitions by Kyle Dubas, a lot of them aren't working right now. He's operating from his back foot. It's never a good place to be, but that's just where the Penguins find themselves right now. That's going to do it for this episode of Iceberg to Go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from.